So hello, folks, and welcome to yet another episode of the Sales Chat Show, hot off the press, although we are sort of an audio podcast, not a newspaper. This is the second time I've done this introduction, by the way, because I made a complete mess of it the first time, and Phil and Graham are sitting there laughing at me. So uh, welcome to take two of this uh, sales podcast episode. Uh, This one is called Why Your Sales Presentation is Too Long and too boring. Now, we have covered sales presentations before, as you would imagine, on the sales chat show, up to 200 episodes or so now in our in our back catalogue. But let's really focus back on this, such an important part of the sales process when we actually get to be face-to-face or Microsoft Teams to Microsoft Teams or Zoom to Zoom or whatever platform making these these presentations. I know for a fact I've quoted this statistic to you before. Research from CEB, 75% of salespeople think they're doing a good job of differentiating their company and products against the competition. 75%, that's a lot. When they ask the customers what percentage of salespeople are doing a good job of differentiating? Folks, 3% of customers said they thought salespeople were doing a good job. So salespeople, by and large, deluding themselves. And I think one of the reasons is that sales presentations are often a bit too long and, and a bit and a bit too boring sometimes. Really, really rather self-indulgent. Now, Uh, Another piece of research from um, a webinar I saw a few months ago, Decision Labs in the the USA, um, their research showing that customers typically remember 8 to 12% of a presentation after 48 hours. So as they very correctly pointed out on the webinar, we need to control what that 8 to 12% is. Um, So, you know, 35 PowerPoint slides later, probably not not a good idea. Now, Graham, you've been involved in PR and communications and thing. And I know we've talked about the model of framework for communication called the message house. So imagine this Imagine a little image, folks, in your mind of a little house. There's a roof, and in the roof of the house is your main message. That's the the thing you most want the customer to remember, the critical sentence or two. You know, we are your... We should be your number one supplier of choice because of these key reasons. There are three pillars holding the roof of the house up. These are your three key supporting messages or three key things that support. And then in the roof, the floor is the fact foundation, the data, the evidence, the case studies, the testimonials, the white papers that you will you will use. And Every time I've sort of introduced salespeople to this message house and sent them off, sent them off to do some work on it, it's really interesting to see the difference it makes to their presentations. Because I always say, do your message house before you do anything else. So start off with what do I want my customer to think? What do I want my customer to feel? What do I want my customer to do? Therefore, what is my main message? What are my three key supporting or my three key benefits? And where's the proof to back it up if the customer asks? So that's a, that will be my thought about what to do before we start 
pulling together slides or videos or whatever else we, we might be using. Mr. Jones, you are only too familiar with that framework. Do you want to add some additional comments or thoughts or considerations for our dear listeners? I'd just say that actually it's the focusing on what you want them to do is the most important thing because okay. if they do the doing as a result of your presentation, they will automatically be feeling and thinking the things that lead them to that doing. And so I remember um, a telecoms company that I was working with uh, several years ago um, had asked me to help them with their uh, global um, pack, their deck slides uh -oh. uh, which uh, my my answer was to throw them all away um, so because they were i mean there were hundreds in this deck hundreds of slides and what they wanted was to be able to how to use that deck of slides and adapt that deck of slides in each of the territories so this was a global business yeah. so how they adapted that to each of the territories and uh, particular markets that they were working in uh, and how to prepare people to give great presentations when they were using this deck. Um, and I asked them a fundamental question. So this was the client themselves, the people who asked me to do the work. What is it you want the person who's receiving the presentation to do? And they said, what do you mean? What do I want them to do? I said, well, once they've received the presentation, and your staff have been there, and I can make them give a fantastic presentation. Yeah, I can help them to do great presentations. But once they've done this great presentation, what do the people in the room who've listened to it, what are they going to do? And they said, well, they will just listen to it. And I said, so it's a waste of everybody's time then. What's the action you want them to take? Do you want them to sign a contract for you know x million pounds worth of kit um do you want them to um rate you on presentations are us you know what do you i don't know if there is such a thing but <laughs> but they had no idea of what they wanted those customers to actually do and that yeah. if you don't know what you want the person or the people listening to your presentation to do then you shouldn't be giving the presentation. That's the first thing. So you've got to focus on what they need to do. Once you've worked that out, then everything you do that leads them up to that doing is inevitably going to do those yeah. that thinking, the feeling and thinking parts that you were talking about, because otherwise it wouldn't be possible for them to do the doing. So I think crucial here to stop your presentations being too long is to work out, what is it I want them to do and how do I get them from where they are at the moment to where I want them to be, which is doing whatever it is that you want them to do. And if you don't focus on that, then your presentation will inevitably be boring and long because what happens is you fall into the trap of thinking, I need to tell them everything. So you tell them everything and, then, and they don't yeah. want to know everything. They just want to know one thing. <clears throat> I was going to say, and then when you know what that is, then you can select potentially any slides if you are going to from the deck and i've got to declare my hand chaps i am not a big fan of generic global official slide decks personally because i think it encourages us to be way too self-referenced and a bit lazy sometimes yeah. in terms of what we of what we 
present. So I got into I got into trouble with the corporate brand police at this um, company. Yeah, uh, because um, the one thing I did uh, to the deck was remove the company logo and the company branding from the deck, and insert instead the customer branding, mm. <laughs> so that you were showing that you were this was a presentation for you, the customer. This yeah. wasn't a presentation about us, the telecoms company. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it just completely switching that focus. And yet the branding police within the organization were um, furious with me. Yeah. I mean, there is a, you know, don't get me wrong. We're not, we're not, we're not, you know, saying branding is important. We're not saying that the marketing things, you know, those sort of considerations aren't important, but we're just saying, are they relevant? I think that's, are they relevant to what you want the customer in this Graham's do, right? The thinking and feeling is what causes the doing. So what do you want them to do? And therefore what should be in your presentation? Maybe yeah. it isn't even a presentation. Maybe it's something, yeah. something, you know, entirely different. Maybe that's not what the customer, because, you know, if they're doing a one after the other dog and pony show and you're number three of the day, and you boot up and they look down and it says 65 PowerPoint slides, then no wonder they feel like they're losing the will to live. I mean, they go, oh, my God, not again. Well, I got, you know, I, on one of these things, I got them to do a role play. So I said, go into the customer. One of you pretends to be the customer and one of you is the, the you, the, the company, and act out a scenario with them. And they, they thought I was bonkers. It worked. Yeah, yeah, an American, an American uh, colleague of mine told me a great story. He closed really big sale, and he only had one slide, and it wasn't even a slide; it was a picture. And uh, the, I'm sure most of the listeners will will have seen the uh, James Bond film Casino Royale with Daniel Craig, and it's a photo of James Bond sitting opposite the villain whose name escapes me, and they're playing a big, big game of poker. And Bill told me basically he just started a conversation around. Had a little bit of fun about who thinks they're James Bond and who thinks they're the, you know, a bit of a laugh about the people. And then he said, the question I really want to know is how much money is on the table? How much is this worth to you, right? How would the thing you want to achieve? How much is it? And he was basically all conversation about money and, and how much did they want, you know, what was what was it worth to them and so on and so forth. And he said they won the business on the back of like one slide, right? One slide. It wasn't even a slide, it was a photo, but he had a conversation. Yeah. And so maybe you need a conversation. I don't know. I'm just saying, just as an example, Mr. Jesson, you will have some thoughts. You yes. must have sat through a few sales presentations in your time, sir. I have indeed. And just on the point of the uh, slides that we've been talking about in the last few minutes, I think my uh, my guideline on that one, whenever I'm working with somebody on it, uh, is to never go into double figures on the PowerPoint slides. Okay. You do not hit 10. You stay under 10 slides, whatever you do. And that, I think, is... Uh, it just make sure that the message is clear, it's strong, it doesn't go waffling on with lots of slides, which probably are not proper slides anyway. They're probably going to be far too wordy. They're not graphs or cartoons or photographs or little film clips. Uh, they're just dull. Um, I think another issue about uh, presentations that go on too long and are boring, um, they, they very often have an, an objectives slide with eight or nine or ten bullet points on uh, guideline on that one stick to three these are the three objectives for my presentation today uh, i think another thing that 
uh, often goes wrong um, is the uh, the work that has not taken place before the presentation. Salespeople going into a room with five people there and they've only met one of them before. Well, why have they not bothered to establish contact with the other four? What's wrong with the email saying, looking forward to seeing you on Thursday. This is what I'm planning to talk about. If there's anything else you'd like me to cover, please let me know. Um, and trying to establish that relationship with that individual. That also works very well, incidentally, if somebody in the room has got a real fizzing grenade of a question. Uh, in a sense, the presenter can say, well, actually, I did ask everybody if there's anything you'd like me to cover today. Uh, I've not come on with the answer for that one, so I'll have to come back to you on that later on. You don't have to go there if you've pre-handled it. Um, I think one of the points that we've often talked about before um, is uh, these lengthy, lengthy introductions about one's own company rather than, of course, the client. Uh, and I, I, I agree with the, uh, the one slide um, uh, approach to presentations. I've, I've often uh, coached people that have been doing a presentation to build the one-page strategic bridges, which we've talked about yes, before. Yes. A one-page diagram of the customer's business showing where the customer is today, where they are going in the future, how they intend to get there along the journey, and where along that journey we can add value. Uh, and that can all be done on one slide. And very often, uh, the feedback that I've had on that Bearing in mind on many occasions, I'm not going to be accompanying the presenter, but on many occasions, the feedback that I've had um, is that people will say to the presenter, well, you understand our business in much more detail than anybody else we've seen today. Uh, so you've got my vote. Could I just give a massive shout out and endorsement for Phil Strategic Bridges? You showed it to me many years ago. I have used it myself countless times. It's really powerful. Where the customer is left hand, where they want to be right hand, how they're planning on getting there, and where you help them. They see, it's such a smart model. It's such a smart approach because you position yourself as a, an enabler of their strategy, a, street, a partner. It's really one slide one yep. slide right you know i've used it myself in a pitch you know not even planning on talking about the sales training today because what i really want to understand is more about where you are now where you want to get to how you're planning on getting then we can talk about i never spoke we won the business and i never <laughs> talked once about what we were going to do until yeah. until the next meeting because they they you know in a in a, in a sentence in a sentence that's about the presenter being an expert in the customer's world. Yeah. That's what that, that's about. Maybe not slides, right? Maybe whiteboard it. Maybe yeah. flip chart it. Storyboards I've used. You know, you get them blown up and you can get them done at the printer. It's not too expensive. Walk in with one of those. It's all laid out like a little flow. It's a, another another fantastic way. Maybe they want to see a product demo, right? Or see a live demo rather than a, rather than a presentation. The best introduction I've seen, I was doing some 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 helping some folks with their with their sales uh, presentations they were a um, like a, a very innovative sort of marketing kind of advertising pr quite a hybrid business and uh, they the the customer brief was they wanted something different and innovative so rather than introduce themselves they had a little video made up which was the, an old show in the 
1980s, the A team, which is very, very popular at the um, at the time they were doing the presentation, with them all pretending to be different characters with their names because they're their creative people do it. The customer was falling about laughing in the first two to three minutes of the presentation. Yeah. And it was just different, right? And not not suitable for all industries. I appreciate that. But and and to Phil's point do your research on the people in the room have a look on linkedin i it can not backfire but i was in a pitch a few years ago and the they were asking i was a sort of going to be helping out i wasn't the person running the pitch i was going to be working on the project and um we said are there any questions and the managing director said yes he said simon We've been talking about you. You've clearly been doing your research on us. They'd all, I'd looked at all their LinkedIn profiles the day before, and they'd all obviously said, cheeky person looking. He said, so we thought we'd ask you a question, seeing as you've been researching us. But I wanted them to know I had looked at their LinkedIn profile. So I don't yeah. I don't turn my settings off. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm them I, um, I, I worked with a company once in Manchester where they were very good at inviting the prospect to their premises for the big pitch. And it was a very nice office in Manchester and people were very happy to go there. Um, but what they used to do um, uh, in that sort of nice little introductory five minutes when the tea and the coffee is being poured is that they used to sort of have on a number of plates, various cakes and pastries. And they would say to somebody, um, well, you'll need the chocolate eclair, uh, you'll need the Danish, uh, you'll need the apple donut, uh, you'll need the jammy dodger. And people would say to them, well, that's absolutely spot on, but how did you know that I liked an eclair? And people would say, well, it, it's our job to know. We've, I've, I've talked to your, your secretary. And what they'd done is that they'd actually bothered to speak to the PAs of everybody that was going to be there saying, OK, well, we're going to be working with your boss in a few days time. Uh, there will be some pastries on the table. What, what do we need to get for your boss? And they would tell them. So yeah. just a lovely, lovely way of demonstrating that sort of nice, warm hospitality and alignment and research all in the one go. I mentioned, I, I think I was just saying something like something quite general to one one client really important to understand your customers and do some research and the head of sales started falling about laughing and i said alison that whatever i've said has clearly amused you and she said yes it really is important to do your research she said simon you only take a prospective vegetarian customer to a brazilian steak barbecue restaurant for lunch the one time it was their favorite restaurant and they went oh they'll love it and yeah. unfortunately if you've ever been to one of those places the vegetarian options are probably not the best but probably not the best so definitely yeah. um, a, a closing thought from me is about the closing and it will be do not finish on a question and answer session because it's a really weak finish so um, the energy all drains the brain remembers particularly the last thing so do your questions because what normally happens any questions question question you answer the questions and then always happens any more questions uncomfortable silence tumbleweed moment and then you say something like, well, OK, thank you. We look forward to hearing from you. And it's really, really. So 
Q&A, no more questions, summarize your main message, hit them one more time, lift the energy as you leave the room, and then off it's, you, it's off fin you go. Finish on a high, isn't it? Finish yeah, abs abs absolutely. And, um, you know, you don't want to... You don't want them uh, remembering that tumbleweed moment when there's no further questions. Oh, it's awkward, awkward, awkward. Uh, gentlemen, uh, other than that closing thought, any closing thoughts? Um, we asked at the beginning what would make it too long. Um, and what would make it too long is adding information that's unnecessary to get them to do what you want them to do. So you only need to include the information that will get them to do what you need them to do and if you're including anything else, that will make it too long. So actually, most presentations could probably be about five minutes. And yet you'll go into yeah. places that, you know, they it's a it's about this psychological position of expectation. So everything you've seen in business is a 45 minute presentation. So you prepare a 45 minute presentation, whereas everybody who's ever been in a 45 minute presentation is wishing it was only five minutes. But convention leads you to do things because you think if you don't do those things by convention, you will be deemed a failure. You won't. You'll be deemed a complete yeah. success. Um, and so, you know, just think about just only present what's necessary to present. The rest of it can be in a document, can be they can look at the website. There's a thousand different ways of presenting that additional information without you having to stand up and deliver it. Perfect. I mean, I think 10 minutes, powerful presentation, and then maybe you can have 35 minutes, fantastic conversation about yeah. how you might work together. That might be, that might be a bit different from the previous person's 67 yeah. uh, PowerPoint slides. One, one other comment, if I may, Simon, and Please. I for me, it's also about room layout. I think I've lost count of the number of presenters that have delivered their presentation to a boardroom of people and then said to me on another day, well, it was very quiet. I didn't get much feedback. Uh, only the main man or the main woman said anything. Well, that's because the main man is sitting at the head of the table um, and everybody else is being obedient and quiet. So if the objective within the presentation is essentially a problem-solving objective then go for the round table um, if the objective is to encourage interaction then go for the u-shape move a few chairs around find a neutral venue a halfway house between your premises and theirs where you can change the room layout to deliver the objective that you have in mind don't get me started on room layouts i mean every <laughs> every room has the screen in the middle of the room the standard yeah. position is the worst place to have it so i have a view that architects never have meetings and uh, because otherwise they would know that everything they design about rooms is completely wrong for effective presentations and effective meetings of all kinds yeah so you've yeah. got you know the entrance doors at the front so that everybody gets distracted you've got glass panels on the side so people get distracted by people walking past there's a thousand and one reasons why most meeting rooms are really badly designed yeah i had a, had a moment of misunderstanding there when phil said when you're presenting to a boardroom 
or in a boardroom. Board and I was thinking board as in state of mind, B-O-R-E-D. Well, that's but, why it's called a boardroom. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's like yeah, that's, that's what you've got to do to make sure it's not a room full of bored, bored people, people, right? Exactly. So that's the, I guess that's the whole purpose of this of this episode. And maybe what you want to do, think about what you wanted to say when you walk out. And I think a great, a great thing might be they went and they went, well, that was different. <laughs> At least that it means you're not been as boring as the rest of them. So yeah. 10 slides or less, according to, according to Mr. Jessen. And, uh, you know, think, think about how you're going to be doing it, folks. Let's get you into that 3% that do show, by the way, Phil strategic bridges, that will differentiate you from your competition straight away. I pr- absolutely, absolutely promise you that. Couldn't, couldn't endorse that more strongly. <laughs> So, gentlemen, thank you very much for your thoughts or your input. I hope that was useful to our dear listeners to help you to make those really powerful. So your sales presentations will be succinct, to the point, and powerful, and will move your customers to take action. And, you know, nine times out of ten, if you get that right, that action is to start working with you, buy your products, buy your services. So 200 plus episodes in the Sales Chat Show back library available from saleschatshow.com or from wherever you prefer to get your podcast. We're on all the major podcast platforms. Please subscribe and you'll be notified of all the new episodes which come out on a regular basis. In the meantime, good luck and good selling, folks. Go get them.